In between the beginning and end of life, there is creation. And in between the beginning and end of creation, there is time for the Forecast Podcast. Welcome. I'm your ever-intrepid host, Sophie O. My guest on this episode is artist and photographer Aliana M.T., who talks about their work with Forecast, which may or may not have involved creating a piece to go with an essay by Cornell West, as well as their love of Fiberworks and their LA-based Roving Social Club, which is, well, I'll let you listen and you can find out yourself. All right, I'm here with Aliana MT. How are you, Aliana? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited. Of course. I'm glad you're excited. All right, so you are a film photographer? Yeah. Who has worked with Forecast in the past? Mm-hmm. Correct. Nice. But you're relatively new to Forecast, from what I understand. What was the last issue you worked on? Yeah, so I worked on issue 10 on okay. the issue about freedom. And that was my first time working with Forecast, and it was just the best experience. A friend of mine had connected me to Farida after she had modeled for Forecast. I forget Mm -hmm. which street it was. But yeah, it was a really um, synchronistic meeting. Farida and I really hit it off, and um, she was about to finish this issue, actually, and then asked me, was like, if you could do this in a few weeks, we'll get you in. So we got the suit together pretty quickly, and yeah, the rest is history. And this was for a really important piece, I understand. This was for a piece written by the philosopher Cornell West. Yeah, yeah. Farida had told me, she's like, I don't know who's going to take this one. It's kind of a big deal. And then told me that it was Cornell West, and I was like, holy shit, that's insane. Um, I'm up for the challenge. I'm down. <laughs> That's a lot of like pressure for your first work with a literary collective. It's just like, hey, uh, do you want to sh- do this photo shoot for us? By the way, it's for a Cornell West piece. It's like, I mean, I don't mean to put like the pressure on you now, even when it's over, but like the pressure was on, I imagine. Definitely. It definitely was on. Um, but I love a challenge. And so I was like, what better time to make a piece responding to Cornell West than right now? So. Um, As scary as it was, it was also as um, gratifying, and I just learned a lot and was really honored to be able to respond to him. What was the piece about, and how did you, like, bring it to life? Mm -hmm. So he talked about death as having gone through, you know, slavery and what Black people in, in America experience, how there is this sort of social death that is experienced as a collective and so to kind of recreate that idea, I um, took photos of um, a friend of mine, Angel, and I did these long exposures. So there's like a lot of movement in them. But afterwards, I printed all of the photos out and I took them to a Xerox machine and I Xeroxed them over and over. So I would Xerox the photograph, print it out, Xerox the new printout again until the photo started to degrade and kind of took on this idea of death of, you know, every time it was Xerox, the photo became less and less itself, or at least what the original photo was. So 
it was a kind of like process of death happening with the Xerox machine and the photographs as I put them through. That's fascinating. So from what I understand, you use Xerox a lot in your work or at least a little bit? You know, this is actually the first time that I had done this, but the idea was sparked a while ago. A friend of mine passed away and another friend of mine who's also an artist and I were talking about death and, you know, the implications of that. And we talked about this idea of like the Xerox machine and how photocopying kind of does a similar thing. And so when I read Cornell's piece, it immediately came back to mind. And so, yeah, that was actually my first time doing it. (laughs) Have you used it since? And like, do you plan on using it in the future? I haven't used it since, but I would like to. Um, I have done some risograph prints, which is kind of similar because it's sort of like a Xerox machine and it does degrade the image as well. Yes, I would like to do that again. I also, in my thesis long ago in college, I treated the scanner as a camera. So I have done some sort of scanning, but less of that process of printing it out and re-scanning it and more just like using the scanner as a camera. How'd you go about using a scanner as a camera? That sounds like a really fun process. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Um, just like, you know, how like thinking about how things are arranged on a scanner, you know, like the what it means to have like a flat surface as the camera instead of taking photos of something 3D, you're like turning it into something that's two-dimensional. So yeah, it was, it was all scans of the book I was working on was about the consumption of the female body and animal bodies. And so I was using a lot of like hair and fur, some like wire, like fencing that I had crocheted (sighs) and scanning all of that and acting, using that as like an acting camera. Wow. That sounds really cool. (laughs) So, and you've got a lot of recent projects that I'm aware of. One of them, I believe some of your work was in Vogue magazine which is incredible. Tell me more about that. Thank you. Yeah, that was very, very recent. That happened just last week. I also do a lot of fiber work and textile work. So I um, does little. I've been knitting and crocheting. I taught myself how to sew on my grandmother's sewing machine long ago. And I like to do this practice called darning, which is like a mending process. So if you have like a hole in your sweater, you can darn it to patch up the hole. And um, I was asked by this cashmere company called the Elder Statesman to darn a couple pieces of theirs, a blanket and then a sweater and pants. And so I spent two weeks of doing nothing else. I didn't breathe. I didn't eat. I didn't do anything. I just darned my life away. And (laughs) yeah, and they came out in Vogue on Vogue's website um, for that collection. So yeah, pretty exciting. So what was your reaction when you heard you were going to be in Vogue magazine? Like, that's a, and you're like, what, 23, 24? No, I'm 29, but thank you. <laughs> oh, I, th- oh my God, Frida said you were younger than that. Oh, shoot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you don't look it. That's anyway. Uh, thank you. It, it is a compliment. <laughs> Even still, you're like a, you're like basically a 30 under 30 now that you've like had this accomplishment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> how did it feel when you heard that was going to happen oh my god I um I was on a walk when the creative director I was working with texted me and she was like yeah it's gonna be in Vogue and I just like my jaw dropped I was like that's crazy like just thinking about 
me in high school knitting would have never imagined that this mm-hmm. would be something of interest or be worthwhile to Vogue. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty exciting. And um, I love darning things. My dad gives me stuff every time I go home. He gives me clothes to darn. <laughs> and it's something that I'm always doing. So it feels really nice to be able to share it with the world. I honestly have a few clothes in my closet that have holes in them. So, like, I'll get your P.O. box or whatever. I'll send them Yeah, out. send them over. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of knitting and darning and, like, thread work and yarn work, you have a artistic collective called the Roving Social Club, which has a lot to do with knitting. Do you want to explain what that's all about? Yeah, yeah. It's a really special project and something that's very close to my heart. Um, The Roving Social Club was started in 2019 um, with a good friend of mine. I had just moved to LA in 2019 and I went to the Barnstall Art Center to sign up for classes. And I don't know if you've ever signed up for classes there, but because the classes are so affordable, you have to get there at like four in the morning to get in line to sign up at like nine or 10 o'clock. So I um, went with a friend of mine, Grace, and we were second in line. And there are two people in front of us, and they're really cool. They they knew what they were doing. They brought, like, sleeping bags. They brought breakfast. They had, like, a whole setup while my friend and I were, like, sleeping on concrete. It was clearly our first time. But one of the people, one of the two people, um, Rose, was there, and she had a little crocheted hat on. And I asked her if she had crocheted that hat. And she was like, no, I didn't, but I do crochet and I knit. And I was like, that's awesome. I've always wanted to start a knitting club. I feel like I can't be the only young person who's knitting or, you know, doing this stuff. And she was like, I am so down. Let's do it. Turns out that she is a pillow maker who I had been following for some time. I didn't make the connection until we gave each other each other's Instagram. And so we started the Roving Social Club, which at that time, I didn't have that many friends in LA. So she introduced me to all of these amazing artists. And we would get together every other week to work on whatever it turned into like a knitting and crocheting club to just a maker circle so like really anybody was invited people would come and edit photos work on recipes um ceramics you know whatever people are working on they can bring yeah and we transitioned online for the pandemic for a couple sessions but it didn't feel the same you know being in the same room together working and laughing and just having a good time just didn't translate as much to zoom um and then unfortunately rose passed away at the end of 2020 oh, no. so um we kind of put a pause on it i didn't really want to jump back into it but in um what was it probably like a year later almost exactly i was ready i was like we need to get people back together it's what rose would want so i've been hosting it on my own for the past few years and it's just such a heartwarming place everybody's always so generous and kind and we always have amazing discussions every single time Um, I usually bake cookies and it's just a really wholesome time (laughs) (laughs) yeah and everybody's always invited so if whoever's listening to this or if you want to come please do Yes, if you're in the LA area, go visit the Roving Social Club. That's not that. I would if I was in the area, but unfortunately, I am not. Oh, okay. But once I am, yes, come visit. Come visit. We have an Instagram. It's at Roving Social Club. <laughs> well, that sounds like so much fun, and it's. I'm sorry about your loss, and uh, with Rose, I'm really sad to hear that. But what a 
what an incredible way to um, keep her artistic spirit alive and just honor her memory. Yeah, yeah, she was a really inspiring person to a lot of people. Her art is just amazing. She's just such an amazing free spirit. Her mom and her best friend still keep her pillow business alive. So if you ever look up like Rose Greenberg pillows, she makes these like really wacky pillows. But um, I actually have one right here. <laughs> oh, I love it. It kind of is it an S. It kind of looks like an S. This is a short is it a one. It's usually like a um, a big squiggle. She does like long squiggles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, that's adorable. Yeah, I have a lot of her ceramics all over my apartment too, and random things that she's made <laughs> well thank you um grief is hard but thank you for like sharing that and being honest about it oh yeah of course i couldn't have done it without rose she really opened up the artist community to me in la and um actually when the thing about vogue was posted uh, a mutual friend of ours was like rose would have been so proud of you and so excited Aww. so that was that was really sweet um, but the Roving Social Club has a lot of plans for the future. I do want to expand it. And a friend of mine is um, helping me to start think of more ways that we can engage with the community and make like art critiques so that people can work on their art and, you know, get feedback from other people, as well as a couple other stuff that we're working on. So, Can you give us any hints as to what you have planned? Or like, <laughs> do you have anything set in stone? Not set in stone yet. Yeah, still in the works. But it will be fun, exciting. My goal always is just to connect people and make people feel comfortable. So, yeah, expect a lot of that and some crafting and some art. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's Oh, that's such a wonderful goal to connect people. It's, it's such a humane goal. I like that. I love it. <laughs> So for like the last few minutes we have, who are you like outside of all this, outside of the photography, outside of the roving social club? Like what else is usually on your mind? Hmm. Like what have you been occupied with lately besides all this? Well, I did just move. So thinking a lot about home decoration and furniture (laughs) And furniture that's design. always fun yes it's been really fun I yeah it's been a really nice process my partner and I just moved in together so I think making a home and um trying to like create a home space that feels artful and feels aligned with who I am and that will help me to continue to create and inspire me is uh that's been on my mind a lot recently yeah <laughs> I am not super experienced with home decoration because I still live with my parents at the moment. Uh-huh. But how did you go about first, like set, setting up Aliana's new home in LA, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I used to be scared of like using too much color in my home because I didn't want to make it too crazy, but I've really changed gears and now there's color everywhere. I have like a yellow and hot pink mm-hmm. rug right now that I'm sitting on yeah I'm just putting up a bunch of art displaying art that books that really feel close to my heart just as a constant reminder of who I am and what I'm doing what kind of books are close to your heart oh okay well I have them right in front of me here so I'll just read them off tell me about (laughs) Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer oh yes I've heard of that one it's amazing I 
read it in 2020 during the pandemic and it was a really it felt like a big warm hug it's really nice to hear someone talk about the ways that we could interact with the earth in a way that's not like we're doing everything wrong but instead like giving us a new framework on how to like move forward and the author is an indigenous botanist so she comes at it from her indigenous ways of knowing versus storytelling versus botany so there's like a lot all to, it's just and her writing is just beautiful and the um audiobook version is also really nice too because she's reading it so her voice is like so soothing and sweet so that book is really close to my heart the next book i have is the sexual politics of me by carol j adams which is like the first feminist animal rights book from like i want to say 70s or 80s oh wow yeah that's that was a really moving book for me in college i did a lot of stuff about that the sabbath by abraham joshua uh, heschel which is like a philosophy on the idea of shabbat um my family is jewish so shabbat has been something that i've celebrated and um just to hear hmm. a philosophy behind it was really nice about shabbat being a time to even if like the whole world is on in flames just a night to or a day to turn off everything stop working and just Remember, like, the sanctity and the holiness of life, whatever that means for you. It doesn't have to be necessarily religious, but just having gratitude for, you know, living in life. Yeah, definitely. I always, I'm, I, my family is not Jewish. I was raised Catholic, Mm -hmm. but I've always loved the idea of Shabbat. It just, it, to put it in, like, the most basic terms, it just sounds relaxing. Mm -hmm. Just a way to, like, reconnect with family, reconnect with yourself, reconnect with like good food and just forget the rest of the bullshit that happened that week yeah exactly exactly and time to reflect and yeah all of those things and it's accessible to everybody you know you don't have to be jewish to celebrate shabbat so yeah i would recommend that to anybody not just jews (laughs) well i'll take the recommendation thank you yeah yeah um and then the last book i'll mention is all about love by bell hooks Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Bell Hooks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, say no more at that point, but, like, do speak <laughs> on it. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, like, Bell Hooks is enough. But, yeah, that book really reframed love for me. I mean, she starts off by saying, like, we don't know. We're never taught how to love. And every chapter, I, I had to read it so slowly. I would read, like, one chapter a week and really just, like, absorb it and think about it because, even though it's very easy to read, it's very dense. But what she's talking about is really dense and takes a lot of time to reflect and see how it manifests in your life. Yeah, I I feel like I can't properly explain it because she's just so, so amazing. Um, so I, that one I highly, highly, highly recommend. I agree. Bell Hooks is, it's so hard to explain her work besides just saying like, it's so good, please just read it. Yeah, your life will be changed. That book has also yes. connected me to so many people. I was reading this book sometime last year in a park in LA, and mm-hmm. I just heard two people who are on a blanket, like many, many feet away from me. They're like, Bell Hooks? And I look up and they're like, hey, <laughs> we're reading her- that book too. So they like come over and then we started a book club right there. And we met a couple more times to talk about each chapter and yeah, anytime I'd be outside reading that book, somebody would come up to me and be like, she is amazing. That book changed my life. 
That's wonderful. Oh my God. Then that connects whole, everything back to like your goal of human connection. That I love that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really incredible. Yeah. And honestly, it sounds like something Bell Hooks would have wanted. Totally. Totally. It is connection. Mm. It is all about love. Yes. <laughs> totally. I agree. Well, we're about to wrap up here. Do you have any parting thoughts for us? Oh, I just want to say how much I love forecasts. I feel like if there's a platform that's connecting people, it is forecast. So I really just appreciate being able to be a part of this project. And um, yeah, thank you. I completely agree. Being a part of forecast has been such an amazing experience for me. And this was such a great interview. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much. And so our time together for now is over. Our time together will come again. Now is the time for creation and exploration. The moon rises, the sun sets. I'm Sophie O, and this has been the Forecast Podcast. Thank you.